Hi, and welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Itziers. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Itziers, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick. Yay! At this time, I would like to remind everybody that you are listening to jradio.com. If you would like to listen to us on the telephone, you can listen to us by dialing 712-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. The number to call after the show, after the story that is, to tell us your name and what lesson you learned in tonight's story is 718-683-5858. Very good, Yassi. And, of course, if you'd like to listen to us live or on the archives, you can call 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506-9099. And just follow the menu if you want to listen to us live or follow the archives. I would also like to take this moment to remind you that j Radio can definitely use your donations. So, the address is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And if you would like to text in to ask for information how to sponsor or to how to advertise on JavidRadio.com, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you would also like to suggest a story for me to tell, and you'd like to give over all the information and all the details of it, and uh, or possibly the source for it, you may also text in 347-927-8398, and it will be forwarded to me. Yes. Okay, my turn, Rabbi Herbs. Okay, if anyone is looking to hire Rabbi Yitzhi Herbs for either storytelling, kayak from the Mayach, extreme martial arts demo, uh, you know, whether it be for, uh, you know, of a subordinate program, uh, uh, your, your yeshiva, your banos, your base yakov, whatever, your school, a private party, or a day camp, a bungalow colony, or sleepaway camp. So, of course, the number to call is 718. 718- 375-1294. That number again is 718-375-1294. Also, you should be aware, if anybody's interested uh, for information about art lessons, martial arts lessons, you know, perhaps karate, uh, private karate lessons, Qigong energy lessons, and so on, uh, you could call also 718-375-1294 for more information. And please be aware that Rabbi Erbs's books are still available in your local farm store, along with many of his CDs and a new one, too. And for those CDs that are not in the stores, you could call Rabbi Yitzhi at 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to send you a complete list, either by email or fax. Wow, did I get everything in? I think so. I think we can now start our story. So, uh, now that we got that straightened out, uh, before we start our story, I would like to just uh, point out that uh, Yossi is here 
by speakerphone. Hi, everybody. I hope everybody can hear me. I'm sure they can hear you, Yossi. There's no question in my mind that they can hear you. And also, I would like to mention one more thing, that, yes, I am doing stories via Zoom. For those who want to hire me for stories via Zoom. I remember you should tell about the other thing. Uh, which other thing? I remember that you are doing some... Uh, Special performances, if everybody that hires you uh, follows the criteria uh, th that your doctor gave you that you can perform uh, at places that follow the criteria. Uh, that's a very interesting point. Yes, um, I am starting to perform in public uh, at certain places if it fulfills the criteria that my doctor says under such circumstances I can go do the job. Um, that's why during the summer so far, some I've taken and some I have not taken. Okay, so, uh, I guess the best thing to do is... I, I, the best thing is to do that they should call you when they're ready to hire you and, and then you could discuss it with them if see if it falls into the criteria or not, that you could do it or not, uh, whatever, right? Uh, 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 right, yes, okay. Now, anyways, uh, this past Tishabov, which was... Just, uh, <laughs> you know, a uh, short time ago. Like about last week, the Thursday? Uh, yeah, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday, yes. Okay, that marked the first yard site of a person by the name of Rableipka uh, uh, Muchkin. Uh, Rableipka Muchkin? Yes, yes, yes. I believe I'm saying his name right. Uh, Rableipka uh, Muchkin. And, of course, they call him uh, Leibka. His real name, obviously, is Leib. Uh, but Leibka is like, uh, you know... Uh, uh, like a, 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 a very warm uh, nickname. Uh, yes, that's correct. I mean, correct. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Okay, so anyhow, so let me tell you, this person uh, was Nifter uh, about a year ago, and this was his first yard site this past Yom Kippur. I'm not sorry. <laughs> did I say I'm kidding? Yeah, you did. And uh, did you drink water to soothe your throat or did you drink schnapps? Uh, that's an excellent question. I hope it was water. I mean, did you switch it? No, 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 no. You meant uh, uh, Tishabov. That's right. I meant this uh, past Tishabov was the first yard site of Leibka Muchkin. And uh, Leibka Muchkin. Uh, lived to be, con uh, you know, like, uh, his, he was nifter at the age, if I remember correctly, about 95 years old. And he had his dust to the very end. And you're talking about a man who, Tyra was number one on his mind. Uh, uh, observing Hashem's mitzvahs is number one on his mind. And, and doing everything, you know, for the sake of Shemayim was number one on his mind. And he loved to sing. He loved to sing because when he sung Nagunim, when he from brain Abyssal, you know, it, it, it kind of like sparked him on to, to feel closer to Hashem and sparked him on to perform his Avoidus Hashem even more. Well, anyways, I want to tell you a story because I had this chus to tell this story in a somewhat of a longer version uh, by the Yorzeit Suda via Zoom. But now I would like to tell the story, maybe a shorter version of it. Uh, but this person was a real hero. A real hero? What do you mean? Yes. Well, you see, 
1946, after the war, 1946-1947, was an extremely tough time for Jewish people in Russia. Uh, really? Like, why? Well, you know, before World War II, it was a, um, you know, a communist revolution, you know, around 1917. Yeah, yeah, I remember learning about in history. Yeah, 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 it happened towards the end of the First World War. And the country was uh, in very low spirits, and most of the people were very much uh, sad and afraid, and millions of Russian soldiers had been killed, and parts of the country had been captured by the enemy. And many citizens, if I remember correctly, they lost their homes, their possessions, and they suffered from hunger. That is correct. And then there was a group of people from the Communist Party who took advantage of the situation, and they made a solution, which I would say was more of a revolution. They made a revolution so that they could control Russia. And they even killed the Tsar of Russia, which, of course, the Tsar is like the king. And they killed his family, and they took over the government. Wow, I remember learning about it. Yeah, the new communist government made a big change in Russia. Uh, right, and I, like from then on, all of the property would be divided amongst all the Russian citizens, right? That's right. This way, no one would be rich or poor. That's right. And this is the communist idea, right? That's right. Everybody is equal and everything belongs to everyone. That's right. That doesn't sound like a bad idea, right? But then again, the new ruler was worried that some people wouldn't like him and would make another revolution to kill him. I remember learning about that, right? That's right. What else do you remember, Yossi? Oh, to stop these people who opposed the communist government, there was a secret police. They were established, and it was called the NKVD, which later changed its name to be known as the notorious, ay ay ay, the notorious KGB. Wow. You really remember a lot what you learned. I certainly do. And you know what else I'm going to tell you? Well, let me tell you. Okay, the NKVD was very uh, a very mean organization. Uh-huh. Wow, you really paid attention to this. How come? I don't know. I just found it very interesting. It's like a part of history that not so many people know about. I know Lubavitcher Hasidim know a lot about it because... Uh, their roots come from Russia, you know. Uh, Babich was in a place in Russia, if I remember correctly. Yes. Well, anyways, these policemen, these secret police, they persecuted everyone. Wow. You're very serious about this, aren't you, Yossi? Yeah, yeah, this is a very serious part. Can't joke about this part. I mean, you know, every city... Every town had, like, a an NKVD headquarters, and there were investigators, and they followed innocent people all around, and they arrested people left and right, and they sent some to jail, and even killed some, and many Russians were killed also. And people were so scared of the NKVD that they didn't even want to walk down the street of the local headquarters. That means they, wanna, they didn't want to walk on the same block as the NKVD headquarters were. Many citizens, to, you know, to try to be safe and, and not be bothered by the NKVD, they helped the secret police by becoming informers. Oh, that was terrible. 
Now people weren't only scared at that time, that is. They weren't only scared of the NKVD, they were also scared of their neighbors. That's right. Even the grocer or the school teacher. It was impossible to know who was a regular person and who was a spy or an informer. The NKVD soon knew everything about everyone. That's right. Every day people were arrested, they were judged and sent to harsh labor in a in faraway freezing Siberia. Wow, was it cold there? Are you sometimes told some stories about people who went through Siberia? That's right. Many of them never came back, unfortunately. They died in Siberia because of the cold weather and the diseases that would be there because they weren't given proper medical attention. Wow, that's terrible. Okay, go ahead and... and and, and why are we telling this story again? I told you, because of the earth side of this heroic person, Labela Muchkin. Anyways, uh, uh, let me tell you why I decided that this is a very important story. Because the new government that was, you know, set up, they also attacked the Jews of Russia. Oh, boy. Yes, that's right. The communists closed the shuls. That's right. And they don't tell you that in the actual history, because that they keep to themselves. But if you learn, you like real history, not just from those uh, textbooks, but, you know, you research yourself and you follow the other books that tell the real truth. Yeah, that's right. You could find out that they closed down the shuls and the yeshivas, and they forced the Eden to send their, their children to non-Jewish schools. They wanted to go like a, like a public school or something. Uh, anyways... The previous, uh, uh, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, he lived in Rostov. And then he went to Leningrad. Uh, these were cities in Russia, of course. Yes, yes, of course we know. Go ahead. You're telling us so much gewaltig information. I don't want to stop you, Yossi. <laughs> For a change, this interruption is great. Oh, thank you. Um... Well, anyways, he fought the government, that is, uh, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, he fought the government with Masira Snefesh, and he sent Hasidim all over the country to open secret Yiddish yeshivas and encourage Russian Eden to keep the Torah and mitzvahs. Oh, boy, that was not good. Uh, why not? Can you tell us? Of course I can, Rabbi Herbs. The secret police, they watched the Rebbe carefully. And they tried very hard, and they wanted to stop his religious activities. And they caught many Hasidim. Some, unfortunately, were killed, and some were sent to prison in Siberia. And let me see, let me rattle my brain. When was he arrested again? What was it? What was it? Uh, 1927. Right, right, right. So around 1927, the previous rabbi was arrested. The communist judges, they decided that he was a traitor, and they wanted to sentence the Rebbe to death. Ay, 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 but because the world protested many different connections, it's too long of a story, but that's a separate story. If anybody wants to, they'll check out on the story of, uh, of Yid Beis Thomas, right? Uh, that's right, I kind of did that too, yes. Uh, anyway, so the death sentence was later changed, that he should go to Gullis in Siberia. Then it was decided that the Rebbe would only be sent out of the country. 
at the start of 1928. Am I got that right? Yeah, it sounds like that, but let me hear what you want to say. Uh, the Rebbe and his family were forced to leave Russia. All of his Hasidim, uh, unfortunately at that time, were left behind. Now this situation was even worse. Can you tell us why, Yossi? Of course, because they couldn't get advice from the Rebbe or listen to his encouraging words. They couldn't get chizik from him. That's correct. So, about ten years later, around 1939, the Second World War broke out in Europe. And the communist government, you know, the communist... The government, you want to say? Yes, yes, that's right. The communist government stopped persecuting and bothering the Jews uh, a, a lot. Yeah, oh boy, uh, the phone is ringing. Well, I, I guess Nissan will have to get that. Okay, anyways, so about 10 years later, in 1939, in 1939, in 1939, what happened was, uh, 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 um, you started to tell us already, that, like, uh, World War II broke out. Uh, yes, that's right. Anyway, so the communist government, that's what I'm a little bit, the phones that makes me up a bit. It's okay. And he he turned off the phones for now. I admit it, I'm I'm mute. (laughs) It's okay. Go ahead. Okay. So anyways, the communist government stopped persecuting and bothering the Eden because a lot of the policemen that were in the NKVD and soldiers, they went off to fight the war. The Jews thought that everything would be easier for them for now. But six years later, in 1945, when the war was over, the informing and the investigations and the imprisonment started again. The Hasidim understood that they had no choice. They had to leave Russia. But how? How were they going to leave Russia? Um, well, that's a very interesting question because the government didn't let citizens leave the country so easily. Ah, they were living in a giant prison, sort of. That's right. But at this same time, Russia and Poland, they signed an agreement, a very important agreement that they didn't realize would become the Hashkocha, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu set in motion that if people were willing to put themselves through a challenge and be moist and nefesh, then some of the Hasidim and their families would have a chance to escape. And that's what they were hoping for. So, during the war, that is, during World War II, many of the Polish people, they ran to Russia to look for escape from the persecution of the Nazis, the neighboring country, which was Russia. Now, they wanted to return to their homes in Poland. So, The agreement between the two governments, the Polish and the Russians, was that all Polish citizens, meaning anyone that had a Polish passport, I know, I know, they could go on a train and leave Russia, right? That's right. But they didn't go on a comfortable train. They went on, believe it or not, what they called echelons, which were like freight trains. Not like, they were freight trains. And the Hasidim didn't care. If they could get out of Russia, away from this persecution, and they could be doing the Avoidus Hashem, and they could get a chance to see their Rebbe again, they would be very happy. 
So the Hasidim immediately realized that this was an opportunity for them. They tried to get Polish citizenship documents, either from Polish people or who had, let's say they started, let's say there was a Polish Yid who died or a Polish person that came to Russia and they died and they had their documents available. They would try to take them and use them, those documents, to be able to make believe that they were the person that died and they're alive and they could escape. And even in such cases, special cases, they forged Polish passports. And eventually, in 1946 and 47, that became very popular. Wow. So how does this person, Leibke Mutchkin, come into the story? Ah, so you see, let me tell you, you should be aware that some families succeeded to escape, and some, unfortunately, were caught. And what happened to them? Well, we know that they were either arrested, sent to Siberia, and etc. Now, let me tell you this amazing story. In Lvov, that is where this person, this wonderful Yid, this person, our hero in the story, Reb Leibke Munchkin, lived. He was in Lvov, and it was very, very interesting what happened over there. This tzaddik, I would call him a tzaddik for sure. I would definitely, I think anybody who knew him and saw what he did. Anyways, he realized that it, to live in Lvov was not very good. So one day, he started thinking, This is not very good. We have to get people to leave Russia. Nobody is safe here. Ay, ay, it's terrible what's happening. People are afraid to send their kids to the underground yeshivas. And the NKVD is catching them. This is not very good. Not very good. And they're being persecuted. Some of the people are being beaten up and put into prison. And some, they are sent all the way to Siberia. And we know, we know that the ones who go to Siberia don't always come back. It's not very good. So, I'm going to have to speak to a few people and we are going to arrange that we should be able to formulate an escape committee and we are going to try to get as many Eden out of here as possible. Yes, yes. Uh, excuse me. Uh, pardon me. Uh, but uh, may I ask you, Leibke, how are we going to do this? Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. But I do know that we need to raise money. And we need to make connections. So, I need to bribe somebody. Okay. I have to bribe a very important person. So who can I bribe? Ah, wait a minute. The chief of the NKVD in Lvov is Alyosha. Yes. He's a, he's a gullible type of person. Easy to talk to. Easy to arrange things. I was just thinking to myself, we could go over and bribe him. Or at least I can. There's is Hashem. With the help of Hashem, I could go over to him and I could bribe him. Yes, that would be very good. Because if I could go bribe him and get him to be friendly with me, he'd be very good. 
Yes. And I will use him when the time comes. Now his deputy chief of the NKVD is Stuka. Stuka is uh, too much, uh, uh, very, very smart and very, very aligned to the Russian regime. He will not betray the Russian government. But Alyosha, I think for the right price, he would. So, here's what I think. I think what we should do is uh, raise some money over here and then uh, uh, get him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. He's the one to do. Uh, but, you know, the general, uh, one of the generals in charge, a senior commander in the NKVD, is a person, General Yevgeny uh, Fyodorovich. I think that's the way you pronounce his name. He is very dangerous, no? Uh, yes. Yes, he is. But uh, we have to try to avoid him, that's all. Not a problem. We will try to avoid him. Eh. Okay, very, very good, very good. Okay. So, um, you're going to go to him? Yes, yes, I'm going to go to him. And sure enough, this person, Leibka, went to see this chief of the NKVD, Alyosha. All right, what is it that you want? You come to see me? Yes? <laughs> okay, tell me, what is it that you want? Eh? I should what? I was just wondering if you could close the door. I have something. I want to talk to you privately. Uh, me? Privately? Do you know who I am? Yes, of course. And that's why I trust only you. Because you are the chief of the NKVD. You're the only one I trust. <laughs> Smart choice. Okay, let me close the door. Okay, now, what is it that you want to discuss with me? All right, I will tell you. You know, I heard, Alyosha, that you are a very hard-working man. Yes, I am. I'm very hard-working. And I heard you didn't have vacation in a while. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But even though I'm the, I'm the chief of the NKVD in Lvov, it doesn't mean I can take a vacation because even if I took off a few days... Where am I going to go? I don't have much money. You know, over here in the NKVD, you would think we make a lot of money. <laughs> but we don't. We don't make any money much. Much money, money, money much? No, no. Uh, I think about vacation a lot. Now, why makes you ask me that? Uh, well, it's uh, very simple. If you will help me, I will help you. Eh? How can you help me? You're not NKVD. Uh, precisely. That's why I want you to help me for things for the NKVD. And I will help you for the things that the NKVD can't help you. Eh, like what? Like what? Uh, like, uh, vacation. Uh, vacation? What, what, what are you talking? What are you talking? If you and I keep our little secret, that you uh, uh, do things for me, and I will make sure you get this extra money that you could take these periodic um, uh, vacations. What do you say? Uh -huh. 
Very interesting. I like the way you think. Uh, you have a little sample. Of course I do. Of course I do. There you go. How is this for starters? Yeah, very interesting. And for you to help me get vacation, uh, what do I have to do for you? Well, it's very simple. You see, you know as well as I do that uh, what the NKV do is doing and what the Russian government is doing for the Jewish people is not very good. You know that. Well, I have to follow my orders. Yes, you do. However, I must remind you that even though you have to follow your orders, but there's something I wish to tell you is very important. Yes, what is it? Well, you see, if there's going to be lots of NKVD policemen by the train station when they have the echelons uh, ready to board and ready to go, that could be a problem. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I mean, should be no problem if you have people that have uh, Polish passports, they could leave according to the deal we had. <laughs> yes, but you see, a lot of the uh, Lubovitch Hasidim, uh, they are not uh, uh, Polish citizens. So, um, uh, we... Uh... I don't want to know. So, let's say you get uh, uh, the, the, uh, the passports. Then what's the next problem? Uh, the next problem is uh, to get permits to let us leave, or the people leave, you understand? So I need your co cooperation, you know what I mean? But wait a minute, uh, how am I going to give you cooperation <coughs> if I let you leave, uh, you know, then who's going to help me with my vacations? Well, don't worry. I'm going to help other people leave. It's going to be a long time before I'm ready to go out. You understand? Aha, uh -huh. I see. Very, very interesting. Okay, okay. No problem. I do what you want. You take care of me? <laughs> My dear body boy, I take care of you. What do you say your name is? Lipka. Lipka Munchkin. Lipka Munchkin. Okay. I'm going to remember you. I hope so. Okay. And now I have to go over... Uh, to the government uh, permit office. And so Leipke, he went to the government, uh, you know, uh, permit office, or whatever you want to call it, where they had to get a permit, special permissions to be able to travel. So he got there, and he arrived, and he comes to the person over there. Hey, why are you here? What are you doing here? Have an appointment? Uh, well, actually, I have special papers that allow me to go see uh, the man in charge. Oh, yeah? Uh, what kind of papers are these that you have to see the man in charge? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, 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 I don't have you listed in my books here. Uh, that's because I have this kind of special paper. And with that, and with that, amazingly enough, what do you think Leibke did? He waved a nice size, uh, you know, uh, ruble note of some sort, a nice size fee. And of course, as a result, you can rest assured that that person began to think, 
<laughs> oh, you got the right papers. Okay, this way, right into there, right over there. Uh, thank you, thank you. And so Labekin knocked on the door. Who is there? Who is there? You have appointment? Uh, yes, I do, if you don't mind me coming in. All right, come in, come in. Oh, uh, do you mind if I close the door? Okay, you can close the door, whatever. Okay, let's get on with it. I'm a very busy man. You think I can drink coffee and and uh, uh, and, and, and eat popcorn at the same time? Uh, you don't have popcorn over here. I uh, know, because I can. I only drink the coffee. Okay, no, no, forget the popcorn. Now, what is it that you want? Um, well, um, I need some permits for these people that have these passports. Um, they need to travel because there's an uh, uh, echelon that's leaving tomorrow. So you think there would be a problem with that? Uh, I should make a permit so fast. Usually it could take you a week to apply for the permit. A week till we process it. A week until you get it. And then what are you doing? Um, 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 would documents like this help to uh, move the permits a little faster? Yeah, permits a little bit. Oh, nice, nice. Big size ruble notes. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Hundred ruble notes. Yeah, we... Yes, we could take care of this. We could rush it up a little bit. Yes, yes, not problem, not problem. And so that's the way it was. He ended up bribing the chief of the NKVD, and he bribed uh, Ellie. I mean, he bribed the uh, the guy who does the permits. Right, the government guy who does the permits. I never got his name. All right, but anyway, so what happened next was as follows. So more and more people began to realize that where a number of uh, Chabad Hasidim lived was in Samarakand. And it was a problem over there because it was much harder to get permits and much harder to get a train ride over there by the echelon, by the uh, freight trains over there. So, But it was found out that it was much easier in Lvov. But then, when Leibke realized that more people are trying to escape, he began to realize another problem. This is not very good. We have so many people applying to try to escape. Oy, 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 oy. What are we going to do? How can we help them escape? It's going to require money. And we don't have so many uh, passports uh, from the people that died. We need to forge passports to meet the demand. This is going to cost us a lot of money. Wait, wait. I heard there's a mashpia. Ah, somebody who that many people go to ask many Shilas to, Erab Nisan Nemenov. Yes, yes, he's in a, a, a Samarakand. So, you know what? I'm going to travel there. And sure enough, he traveled there. He managed to take a train ride over there. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and finally, this train arrived there, and he got out. He got out, and he went straight to this mashpia. Knocked on his door. Who is knocking on my door? So late at night, 
Oi, weh, mir. This is not very good. Oi, oi, oi. Let me take a peek. Maybe it's the NKVD. <gasps> oh, it's a kick to It looks like a Jewish person there. Okay. So you know what? I'm going to let him in. Are you alone out there? Uh, yes, I'm pretty much alone out here. Okay. I will open the door. <laughs> Come in quickly, quickly, quickly. And of course, he closed the door immediately. And after he closed the door, he sat him down, offered him coffee, offered him cookies, offered him cake. And then he says, Well, I'm really here because I have a very special mission. And you are the one that can help me. I, uh, I am the one that can help you? Yes, yes, yes. You can help me. Because you are the mashpia here. And listen, my name is Leibke Mochkin. And I started a kind of escape committee. And I'm working on getting uh, Hasidim out from Russia. But it's costing a lot of money. And we're running out of money. I established the connections that I need. I have connections with the NKVD. I have connections. And your connections to the NKVD help in which way? I can make sure there's not so many offices there by the train station. I can make sure they're not looking around to check passports so so, so carefully. You understand? I see what you're saying. And what does this have to do with us? We don't even know uh, if the Rebbe who is, you know, sends us letters and with secret codes that we should decipher. Meantime, he says it's a big sakona to try to escape. I don't know if we should try to do this. And suddenly, there was a knock on the door. Hey, hey. Hope it's not the, the KGB. Okay, the, the, the NKVD. Let me see. Let me see. Aha! Ah! Zalman! Oh, one second. Zalman, what is it? Rebbe. Uh, I mean, not Rebbe, but you like our Rebbe in a certain way because you are my sphere. And since we can't talk directly to the Rebbe, so we talk to you. So listen to me very, very carefully. I'm listening. Go ahead. We just got this other letter. Here, look at it. Yes, I'm looking at it. Look at the words that I circled. You got it? There's a code in there. You see it? You figure it out? Oy vey, it's me. It's amazing. What a maisa hashkocha. Do you hear this? Leibke. Look at this. I'm not sure I follow. Why don't you tell me what it's about? Eh, the Rebbe found out how, how we are suffering so much. And now he said it's a sakona to be here and it's a sakona to try to escape. So we have a better chance to try to escape. At least we'll have a chance to do the avoidance Hashem. And then we can be together with our Rebbe again. Aha. Uh -huh. So you'll help me? Well, helping you is helping us, right? Uh, yes, it is. But, you know, the problem we're running into is we're running out of money. It's not a problem. We'll make a big meeting. And sure enough, there was a big meeting held. And in that meeting, there was another mashpia by the name of Mendel Futafas who became a very, very strong person to be part of the escape committee. Yes, indeed he was. As a matter of fact, I will tell you now, because in case I run out of time and I can't tell you later, he stayed to the very end. 
And even when his life was in danger, he stayed to be moist in effort to try to save as many as Hasidim as he could. He eventually got captured and was sent to Siberia. There are many stories told where Mendel Furtafas, who was a mashpia, and when he was in Siberia, there are many stories told about him. Anyways, let me go further now. So he was one of them. Meanwhile, what happened was as follows. In this meeting, Reb Nissen Nemenov told what happened. And he told what has to be done. And so Raboy said, we have many hidden here who don't even have a half a ruble to their name. And yet we need to raise thousands of thousands of rubles. So I propose that we make a gazera that uh, Takona actually, that whoever has extra money somewhere is hidden, they must bring it to us, and we're going to have a person be in charge of this, and then we're going to send this money and transfer it to Leibke Mochkin, and we're going to try to get as many people out of Russia as possible. I agree. I agree. I agree. 100%. Get talk and silent. What good is all the money that we have hidden away if we can't use it? Because if we caught keeping Yiddishkeit, we'd be thrown to, to, to Siberia. Uh, I agree, I agree. And so, sure enough, everybody agreed to gather all the extra monies that they didn't really need at this moment to be used to bribe people and to buy passports. And one day, back in the bog, Back in Lvov, Leibkin Mujkin met a person, I think his name was Grisha, not 100% sure, but I'm going to call him Grisha. Yes, what is it you want? All right, Grisha, listen to me. Um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, what kind of bush? There's no bush in my house, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Listen to me very carefully. Grisha, I know you are a very big forger. You work for the underground quite a lot. You forge passports all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I am a very honest citizen. I don't do anything wrong. All right, Grisha. Let me uh, show you some ID papers that I have that qualify you to work for me. How you say this? Uh, what? Ah, oh, this looks like uh, 1,000... Uh, rubles. <laughs> you got here 1,000 rubles. <laughs> what is this for? Uh, about the passport. What do you say? Aha! Passport. And can we be around? No, no. <clears throat> if they're around, I'm in danger too, okay? I risk my life when I do this. Oh! <laughs> very, very, very interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Not problem. Uh-huh. I see. Okay, this is really good money. Okay, okay, you convince me. Uh, how many passports do you need? Well, uh, let's try this. Can you have about 25 passports by the end of this week? <laughs> That's going to cost you a lot of rubles. Whatever it costs, it will cost. We will pay you if you have it. Okay, uh... End of this week, not problem. You come with the money, I come with the passports. Uh, give me names that you want to be installed in it, not problem. 
And sure enough, this person, Grisha, was an expert forger. Imamish went over and made the best of pests, but you couldn't even tell the difference between the fake and the real ones. And then the people were bribed in the permit section and by the train station. Suddenly, there was the NKVD. And this time over there was Stuka, the deputy chief of the NKVD in Lvov. <laughs> I will catch these Jewish people that are trying to escape. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> of course I will. I'm going to get them. I'm going to go by the train station here. Okay. Yo, what are you doing here by the echelon? I'm going back to Poland. Oh, yeah, you're going back to Poland. Let me see your passport. Here's my passport. Uh-huh. And what is your name? My name is uh, Peter Fodoro. Uh, Peter Fodoro, huh? Uh-huh, I see. Yeah, description matches you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Peter Fodoro. Very interesting. Uh, are you sure this is not forged? Hey, wait a minute. Besides having a passport, you have to have... Do you have a, a permit? Oh, yes, I have permit, too. Here you go, sir. Like the permit? How you get this? I don't understand this. How you manage to get this? It's very strange. You get passport. You have everything here. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Okay. I hear. Very, very interesting. All right. You can go now. Uh, your papers look real. But I'm going to catch you people sooner or later because I am Stuka. And I never give up. I always catch my men. And if I catch you, so help me, I will send you all to Siberia. Do you understanding that? Uh, yes, I do, but I, I, I'm just going back to Poland, where I belong, okay? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Wow, we're getting more and more requests. We're getting many, many requests. I think we have to form a bigger uh, escape committee. Yes, you're right. I believe you're right. You know what? Let's form a bigger uh, uh, escape committee. And sure enough, they had a big underground meeting. And over there, a lady by the name of Sarah Katzen-Ellenbogen, who was also known by their family as the Muma Sarah. And she was put in charge of being able to procure forged Polish passports for the Hasidim. And of course... Uh, what happened was uh, Mendel Futafas's job was to get also some uh, passports and help Hasidim cross over to the border to Poland. And, of course, the Mashpir of Nisan Nemanov, he was there to raise money. And he would continue sending him back and forth. And his lady, Tsipa uh, Kozlina, if I'm pronouncing it right, I don't know, that's the name I saw in the book, 
She was a member of this escape committee and she was an expert on transferring money. Yeah. So, and of course, there was Leigh Muchkin himself. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. And in the meantime, this job was going on and on. And they raised money. And one day, this lady, Sarah Katzen Ellenbogen, came to Grisha. And Grisha was there. Yes, what is it? What do you want? <coughs> All that ink, you know, makes me cough. Okay, so tell me, what is going on here? What is it that you want from me? Eh? Ah, you have money. <laughs> so you want, uh, 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 you want, uh... Yes, I want that you should make passports. Okay, I will have another 25 passports for you ready at the end of the week. Oh no, I need it before. I need actually at the end of the week, but I need not 25. Oh, you need less? No, I need more. How much more? I need 50 passports. You will have to get this to me. What? How can I have 50 passports in one week? I will pay you double. Uh, uh, um, come at the end of the week and I'll have it for you, even if I don't sleep. <laughs> and sure enough, that's what they began doing. They began pushing the people back and forth to push them to get more passports and making them work harder and they had to pay more money and they had to raise money and some people even started to give jewelry that could be exchanged for money. And that's what was going on. But this guy, this guy Stuka, he was not very happy. I don't get it. What is going on here? Hey, Chief! Chief! Chief Alyosha! Uh, what is going on here? How come we're not having so many people uh, uh, by the train station? Me? Are you talking to me? Uh, not talking to me, I think. He's looking at you. Ah, uh, me? All right. What is it? Uh, I want to know why you're the chief of the NKVD and why is it that you're not putting so many policemen by the train station over there and checking out their passports. What is there to check out? We always check them and we always find that their passports are in order. Why should I waste police over there when I could send them around to do better stuff? Yeah, yeah, maybe so. I'm going to inform the General Yevgeny Fyodorovich. And sure enough, the General Yevgeny Fyodorovich he came into the picture. So, what is going on here? So much trouble, and you cannot capture anybody? Listen to me. The solution is, try to find somebody that is Jewish with a beard. Those are the Hasidic kind. You are to find them. Yes, you find those kind of people, and then you know what you have to do from then on, yes? Uh, don't look at me like that. Yes, we interrogate them. And then we find out who's behind this organization. That is what has to be done.
<laughs> That's right. Okay, man, you heard what the general said. And sure enough, they sent somebody. That was very interesting that this guy, Grishka, he happened to have a beard, but he wasn't Jewish. And he smuggled the passports in different things. And I don't know exactly what he's smuggling in, but for the sake of a little humor in the story, um, we'll put in what they put in the book. They smuggled, he smuggled the passports in a, a stuffed duck. Instead of having stuffings, there was passports in it. And KVD policemen, they were not dressed in their uniform. The NKVD policemen were dressed in plain clothes. And they saw this suspicious-looking man. All right, you. Stop right there. Stop right there. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop uh, right where you are. Uh, 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 don't move. Uh, if you do move, we uh, arrest you right away. Uh, yes? What is it? What do you want? Uh, 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 what do you got in, in the suitcase? Yeah, what do you got in the suitcase? What I got in the suitcase? <laughs> Nothing much. Uh, I, 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 why? Who are you? Why should I answer you? Hey, we are the NKVD. Uh, that's right. Uh, we're the NKVD. Uh, and if you don't answer, uh, it could be trouble for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can arrest you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why didn't you say so, you NKVD? Ay, 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 why you not say so in the beginning? All right, listen to me very carefully. I cooperate. I open up. There it is. I have a stuffed ducky. A stuffed ducky? What is it for? I was going to bring a gift to my uh, granddaughter. Oh, bring a gift to your granddaughter? Let me see that. And, of course, he picked it up, held it to the right, held it to the left, but he could not figure out what was going on. He couldn't figure it out. Meanwhile, meanwhile, what took place was they gave him back the duck. You thought he, uh, we did not mean to uh, bother you. We thought you were Jewish, but I see you don't wear uh, those uh, binicopters, the old Yarmul kiss. Uh, you must be a Greek Orthodox uh, goy or something, right? Ah, uh, well, I'm not exactly Jewish. I'm not Jewish at all. I'm a Gentile, but I like a beard. <laughs> See, I don't wear anything on my head. Yes, yes, yes. You have a smooth, shiny head. Looks like sliding pump. What did you say? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, we 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 go now. Okay, sorry. Sorry to uh, bother you. Uh, sorry to de disturb you. Uh, very, very, very sorry. Not mean to bother Okay, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Wow, that was close. Good thing they didn't squeeze that duct so hard they would have felt the hidden passports. Meanwhile, meanwhile, this guy Stuka came up with a plan. Ah, I got it. I know how I could trick them. I know I can prove that they're not really Polish. I got it, I got it. I am going to hire somebody to go over that speaks Polish and Russian. And I'm going to have him go with one of my soldiers over there. <laughs> and I will prove that he is not Polish. Because I'll have him speak to him. 
and he wouldn't understand. Yes, let me get uh, Alyosha's uh, approval. Uh, maybe I shouldn't get his approval. Maybe I should just do it on my own. But unfortunately for Stuka, Alyosha was listening in. Ah, so that's it. Ah, wait a minute. If my friend gets caught, this is not very good. Then how am I going to make my vacations? Ah, got it. I got it. I know what I got to do. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what I will do. Yes. And so Alyosha, he made contact with Reb Leibkev. Uh, I see. I hear what you're saying. Okay. I thank you very much. And here, this is a little something for you. And can you do me a favor? On that day, can you make sure that uh, Stuka is sent away on a different assignment? And, you know, you don't have to make believe you know what he's doing because, after all, he decided not to tell you. So just send him and just demand that it's by your orders. And keep less police by the train station. And tell me, who is this person that he's hiring? As soon as you find out, let me know so that I could bribe him too. Yes, no problem. And sure enough, on that day, everything would look good for Stuka. But what Stuka didn't know was that Alyosha, he found out where and who this translator, this Polish guy, who was a Russian but spoke Polish very well, where he was sitting by the train station. Uh, let's see now, where can I be? Ah, there he is. That's the description. Um, excuse me, is your name Toshima? Yes, my name is Toshima. Why are you asking? Ah, Toshima. Uh, you speak Polish, yes? Yes, I do. And you are Russian too? Yes, I am. And you like to drink a good vodka? Yes, I do, but I can't afford it. I'll tell you what. How do you like this bottle? Wow, this very big bottle of vodka. Where you get that? Ah, well, I'll tell you what I do with this bottle. I give it to you, and I give you more tomorrow. On one condition. Yes, any condition. You set the condition, I do it. When you go on the train, and you see the Jewish people with the Polish passports, you talk to them in Polish, and they're going to answer you in gibberish. But whatever it is, you are going to make believe that they're talking Polish, and you make believe that you understand them. Is that correct? Yes, I, I, I do that. Very, 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 very much. Okay, I, 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 I do that very much. And sure enough, what happened was is, the next day, Alyosha called Stuka over. Uh, Stuka, come here. I need you for an important mission, and I only trust you. Huh? What do you mean? I was on my way. I have a big mission at the train station. Ah, don't worry. I have enough uh, NKVD police over there. You listen to me. I only trust you. I want you to deliver this package personally to the general in, uh, in, in Vilna. To the general in Vilna? Yes, 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 yes. Here, here. Go, go, go. But can I do it after I go to the train station? No, 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 no. No time to waste. Don't worry. We have enough people there at the train station. Good. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.
and at the train station. At the train station, what happened was his. You saw that these police were there. Not so many, because with the deal that Labke made with Alyosha, he went over and he made sure there wasn't so many KVDs. And KVDs. And this guy was there and he came on the train. All right. You are going to ask them questions in Polish. And they have to answer you. You got that? Yes, I do. No problem at all. Okay. Yo. Sabato Hambarabich with the Batapu with the Bahawarahniet. Ah, Keba Baba, Kutububa, Biba Baba, Tabuba Baba. Oh, okay. Very nice, very nice. What did he say? He likes your nose. He says you have a very nice nose. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and of course, the plan of Stuka failed because of a little bribery of a little uh, bromfen, like they say, or vodka, like they say in English. This guy made believe that they all spoke Polish. And this Russian guard that was with him, this NKVD guy, didn't speak Polish. We had no idea that he was not telling the truth. And so another bunch got over there. And Stuka was furious. He increased his searches. He increased his trying to find out his intelligence information. He was working so hard. He even got in touch again with General Yevgeny Fyodorovich. And of course, nobody was able to find out that I, uh, Alyosha was in on it. Nobody could find out that he was being bribed. No one at all. When they asked him how he was able to take on vacation, he said he saved up. He's been working in KVD for so long, and KVD for so long, he was able to save up money. And that's what he told them. And then, when they started to get real hot, onto Leibke Muchkin's tail, like they say, he started to worry. I don't know what to do. They're catching up to me. I was once arrested once, but I managed to smuggle out uh, the passports before they got a chance to catch me with evidence. They're getting close. And now I heard that my name was given because they beat someone. And now he told my name. What am I going to do? I got to be mice and effish to help as many hidden as possible. But then again, if I'm arrested and killed, or Hasfasholom just sent to Siberia even, I won't be able to help them. So my job here for now is done. I must leave. I must leave immediately. And so, sure enough, what he ended up doing was he went out on the last train that left Lvov from those smuggled passports. And just to let you know what this tzaddik was able to accomplish, he managed to smuggle out over 500 families. That means at least 2,000 Yidin, 2,000 Hasidim were able to be smuggled out of Russia during that period from 1945, from 46 to 47, I think it was. Yes, he managed to get them out. Unbelievable. What a big tzaddik. Yes. Wow, that was a fantastic story, and I think we're out of time, so I don't think there's time to take any phone calls. Uh, maybe one day you're going to get it right. Yes, maybe one day we'll get it right. And we'll figure out how to take phone calls through this temporary setup studio until the day comes that I can actually go back to the real studio. 
Okay, so everybody, until then, have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful Shabbos. Goodbye. Goodbye.